0: And so once again, it's a blessing to be with you, and if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to go in your Bibles to the book of John, John chapter 3. You know, I had the privilege, uh, growing up in a, in a Christian home, and so uh, I was brought up in a Baptist church, and so I tell people all the time that uh, I got saved, and, and saved, and resaved and... You know, as many ways that you could get saved. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, growing up Baptist. And uh, now my wife, she she was never raised in church. Um, and so it wasn't until she was uh, 22 years of age, she was uh, a student at the University of Virginia. And uh, she was into art and um, uh, psychology and uh, you know, her her mother was like an artist that would travel around the world. So you know, she was this artsy, you know, um, just creative type of person. You know, and so uh, she was uh, there at University of Virginia. And so you know, she had dyed her hair five different colors. She had bought a motorcycle <laughs> with a credit card. And uh, and so she was uh, she she was. Well, taking that motorcycle she, she, uh, across a, a crosswalk, right? You know, They're you know, crossing the street. It was a crosswalk. And so, uh, as she was doing that, a car ran the red light right, and, and literally uh, hit her thigh. The car hit her thigh and caused that motorcycle to go up in the air and then come down, and, and it just shattered in pieces. But when that happened to her, immediately she realized, wow, that was a close call. And she looked up and she said, literally out loud, God, if you're real, I want you to reveal yourself to me. And so it was a couple weeks later that she met this older lady. This older lady brought her into her home and her, that lady introduced her to Jesus. And so she came to know Jesus Christ. Well, the the first time that uh, she uh, went to a church, okay, she didn't even intend to go to church. <laughs> All right, and and so she was she was coming, She was living in Charlottesville, Virginia, and and uh, so she, she was going to meet a friend in Richmond on a Sunday morning. Well, she got lost, okay, and that was during the time where we didn't there was there wasn't GPS, okay. I know some of you guys that are. Uh, the younger generation, hard to believe that there was no GPS right? we We had these large Rand McNally road atlases, okay that we had to figure out what where what in the world uh, is this street or, or this map or whatever and so so here she is she she drives up um, she 's lost, but she drives up into this large parking lot. And so she stops the car, she's opening up the atlas, okay, and she's trying to figure out, what, what, what map do I look like? Look at it. I mean, she's flipping through the pages, okay. Well, then she, uh, she realizes uh, all these people are parking around her. This person pulls in, another person pulls in, all right. And then she, then a lady gets out of a car and uh, she comes over uh, to my wife's vehicle and, and knocks on the window. And so my wife rolls the window down and, and the lady says, oh, are you coming to church this morning? And my wife's like, sure. <laughs> well, you can sit with me. Oh, okay. Well, she had figured that he was, she was already lost. She didn't know how to get to where she was and. She might as well go to church, okay? She had just accepted Christ. So she comes into this church, okay? She had never been to church before, all right? And the place is rocking, okay? People are lifting their hands, okay? Uh, people are excited about Jesus. I mean, you know, it had the, the guitars. They had all the music, okay? And she's like, oh, this is what church is all about, all right? People lifting their hands. She's like, oh, okay, I guess this is what Christians do. They just, they just raise their hands, alright, and so that was her introduction to church okay, she had never been in church before, but when she came into the kingdom, alright that's the church that's the body of Christ that she came into and, and then she heard people uh, speaking funny languages so she says, oh I guess that's what Christians do so she just started speaking funny language I mean, God will always meet us where, where, where we're at. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Amen. So let us look here in John chapter 3. Most of us in this room should know this verse of Scripture. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, a friend of mine was teaching in a Bible school several years ago, and he had a certain subject, a certain theme that he prepared for that week, and as he got, as he arrived that Monday morning, the Lord said, I don't want you to uh, talk about that, I want you to share on John 3.16, and so he thought, well, I'll just turn to John 3.16, we'll talk about it for a few minutes, but... As the Holy Spirit led him, he talked about John 3:16 for the next four hours. And then the next day, another four hours. and then Wednesday, another four hours. OK? Well well, by late Thursday and it was another four hours people came up to him and they said, "Listen, we have never heard John 3:16 preached like that before." And the point that I want to make this morning is that no matter how long we've been a Christian, no matter how long we've been coming to church, we can never be, we can never forget this verse of Scripture that God so loved the world, He still is in love with the world. Come on now, that He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ. You know, I was in a, a conference uh, about eight years ago, and someone was speaking i don 't even remember what they were speaking on, but it's about two thousand people I was sitting on the back row, and so as I 'm sitting there, all of a sudden the presence of God just comes over me i don 't know if that's ever happened to you, like when you're driving your car or you're in your shower or whatever, but I felt the presence of God come over me and and uh, all of a sudden, I found myself beginning to weep, beginning to cry, and I was like what is going on here, right? I mean, I knew it was the presence of God, but I, did, I didn't know what the Lord was trying to get over to me. And of course, I looked around, and I'm like, "Well, nobody else is crying, you know." And so, uh, I decided to to just get up from that meeting, go back to my hotel, and I got on my face before the Lord. I said, "Lord, what what is this? What is this? I mean, I'm crying like I'm weeping. I'm like, what what is this? What are you trying to tell me?" So I, I found myself turning to Isaiah 60 and. Where it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. How many of you are familiar with that passage? But then in verse 7 and 8, it talks about the sons of Ishmael, Nabiath, and Kadar. And what that verse says that in the last days, that the Muslims will come in like a mighty cloud. And people will say, where did this cloud come from? We're living in a moment right now where the Muslims, hundreds of thousands of them, are having visions and dreams with Jesus. And that, that day in that hotel room, the Lord spoke to me and said, I've given you a brand new assignment, and that's to reach the Muslim world. Now, up until that time, I had traveled to 60 nations, India, Africa, Central. Never, never imagined that I would be going into the Muslim world. But the Muslims represent 1.6, 1.8 billion people on the planet, probably one of the largest harvests of all time. And what I want to get across to you this morning is that it is harvest time. It is harvest time. I've sat with presidents and sheiks and leaders. never, Never imagined I would be sitting down talking to government leaders and sheiks of nations and they confide in me and they said you know what can can I just share something with you I've been having dreams and visions with Jesus and they tell me how Jesus appears to them what he looks like what he has said to them and, and, and they say you know what I, I'm, I'm the leader I'm the sheik I'm the president of this country listen I know I just know it's a matter of time before this Muslim country becomes a Christian nation hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, and so it's just such an interesting time, you know, I remember back in the 1990s, there was a certain moves of God, Um, there was the Toronto blessing, and there was a Brownsville revival. There was uh, in Missouri. There was a, a, a revival that was going on, and you know, at the time, people were people were talking about these things. I had friends of mine. They were they were driving 14 hours, you know, to get into some of those meetings. How, how many How y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember those times? And so, um, so uh, two two men of God uh, were. One was Kenneth Hagin, one was John Osteen. John Osteen was the father of Joel. These two men of God were in a meeting with about, I think it was like 50 other younger ministers. And so the younger ministers, you know, were asking them questions. And, and so since all of this was happening, they said to uh, John Osteen and to, to Kenneth Hagen, they said, so is this it? Is this the revival? Are we in it? Is this, is this the one? Is this the last day's revival? And so the, their response was this. No, no, this is not it. It's wonderful what's going on. It's, it's wonderful what's happening. But this is not it. And so the other 50 ministers, younger ministers, were like, well, what do you mean? Like? And, they, and John Augustine, what he did is he took his shoe off. And he presented his shoe to the ministers. And he said this, he said, The reason why it's not the last day's revival is because people have their focus on souls rather than souls. In other words, there's a lot of teaching in the mid-1990s on prosperity. Souls, possessions, material things. People are using their faith for Rolls Royces, People, you know, using their faith for material things, and so what John Osteen was saying is until the church uses their faith and uses their focus for the real thing that counts, which is souls. How I mean, you know that God waits precious, waits a long time for the what the precious fruit of the earth. So I want to take a few minutes this morning and talk to you about that. Okay, you know. Um, we're in a different season now. I knew that once the COVID situation passed, the Lord told me, hey, it's time for the church. Uh, the church that you know have up until now is, is passe. It's gone. There's a new church that's arising, if we could say it that way. All right. There's a new, new template. There's a new wineskin that I have for my people to begin to walk in. You know, I'm I'm thankful for the past. I'm thankful for seeing great services. But you know what? I'm looking forward to the new. How about you? You know, and so what the Lord had told me is he said, listen, there are new moves of the spirit that you have never seen before. There are new and exciting miracles that are on the horizon. Even though you have seen miracles, and I've seen lots of them, you've seen God move, you've seen God touch people, and heal people. God is saying, listen, there's so much more that's coming. There are new things, there are exciting things that you and I have never ever in our entire life heard about or seen with our own eyes. Now, I don't know about you, but that stirs me up. That stirs me up to want to uh, go after this new move of God and to see what God has in store. You know, I have four kids, um, uh, they're 28, 26, 23, and 19. So they're all part of this Generation Z, all right? If you're 1996 to the present, this is called the Generation Z. Yeah. So, so my three daughters, they fill me in on Generation Z. All right. I got one daughter who's really plugged in and really connected. She, she knows what's going on. She's tapped into everything. And so she says, Dad, you just don't understand Generation Z. I'm like, yeah, I probably don't. Okay. You notice that Generation Z, uh, they grew up with the iPhone. They grew up with a cell phone. They have no idea what it's like to have a, a rotary cord phone. They're like, What? When did you live? How long ago was that? I mean, everything is screened. Screen this, screen that, okay? Uh, The the statistics say the the average uh, Generation Z spends six to nine hours screen time per day. So this generation is so wired, okay? All they've known is Google, Facebook, all right? Instagram, you know, all all these different things, okay? So they have so much information at their disposal, okay? They can just do a Google search, you know, any subject, any topic, okay? And they they can just, you you guys, you all know, you all, younger people, all right, you guys know what I'm talking about. You just get on your phone, get on your computer, and man, you you can go all over the world and find out anything that you want to find out. Well, this is what my daughter says. Yeah, Dad, we have all of that. Information. We have, we have gobs of information. We're overloaded with information. But the, no, the one thing that we don't have and we can't find on the Internet is the presence of God. That's why you're seeing These college campuses, Asbury, Lee University, come on now. Colleges, high schools, things are breaking out because the one thing that they can't find here is the only thing they can find in a place like this. His presence. There's a hunger for his presence. So I talked to my kids about this. They said, Dad, you the presence that that our generation is longing for the kids now they it's so pure it's so tender it's so simple we 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 just want to know god and we we need we need your generation to tell us more and when you tell us more don't don't assume that we know it you have to you have to break it down for us i'm like well and so I, I, I said, "Well, let me try some things out, you know." And so I would, I would talk to her about different things, and she said, "Dad, th- that's still over our head. You need to break it down even more." You know, our kids today have questions. If you've ever been on a college campus, listen, I've been on many college campuses. Young people always have questions. So when I go and do a miracle services and healing show. Uh, Young people on college campuses—the real deal, the real power of God—and they can see miracles for themselves. You know it. Then they're like, "Wow, that's really neat." But I have a couple questions. (laughs) And when you think that the meeting is going to be over in the next hour or two, all right, the kids are still lining up, and they're like, "But, but we have more questions." Okay. And then I find myself still in that room until two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) See, some of y'all parents know what I'm talking about because, you know, you don't know, but all of a sudden your child will come to you at midnight and say, hey, Mom, Dad, I need to talk to you. I've got some questions, right? But we're looking at a move of God with our young people, but it's not just for our young people. And so what the Lord told me, He said, listen, you need to press the older generation." We can't just w- stand back and watch and go, oh, isn't that great? Young people coming to the altar and raising their hands and isn't, isn't that just so wonderful? Isn't that uh, looking what happened? Looks, looking, look at what happens. So, you know, at Asbury and Lee. I mean, I mean, isn't that great? The Lord was saying, no, we've got to be a part. We've got to lead this generation. We've got to show this generation. This next move of God. Come on now. Can we give it up for Jesus this morning? And so, for us, the older generation, we've got to become more hungry. We've got to become more passionate. We've got to get right at the forefront. All right? And we've got to help lead the way into this revival that's breaking out. You know, Paul said to Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God. I mean, as older folks, sometimes we have to get back. We have to stir ourselves up. Okay? I compare it to chocolate milk. Because my son who's 19, ever since he was young, he loved chocolate milk. Okay? He, he, He was like a chocolate milk connoisseur. I mean, you know, so so he knew what chocolate, what was good chocolate milk and what was not so good chocolate milk. And he's like, Dad, you know, the, the chocolate milk that they serve in the cartons at school, no, no, that's, that, that stinks, okay. And so when we go to a restaurant, he would typically ask the waitress, do, do you all have chocolate milk? And she like, well, he'd go, yeah, well, okay, if you do, well, what kind? And typically the waitress would say, well, we have, we have milk. And then we put in the Hershey syrup. He goes, oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> and you know, when you put in that Hershey syrup in the milk, okay, what do you have to do? Stir it, stir it you got to stir it up. Otherwise, everything good is going to go to the bottom. So as older folks, come on now. We might have some good stuff at the bottom. All right? And so, we got to get out the spoon, start stirring, okay? And don't stop stirring, because if you stop stirring, what's going to happen? Everything's going to settle back to the bottom. Everything good is going to settle back to the bottom. And so this morning is a, is a little stirring, okay? Stirring us up, okay? And, and I thought to myself, you know what, if, if we started stirring and stirring and stirring, okay, all right, and, and getting the right consistency, all right, getting that good chocolate milk. And, and we, we, started, we started doing that before Sunday morning coming to church. How good could church really be? Come on now. How good could church really be? If we stay sp- prayed up, if we get into the Word, if we do our part, I'll tell you what, we're gonna have some blowout services. We're gonna have some revivals like like we have never seen before. Can you say amen? amen? You know, in John chapter 17, and let's just go there. John chapter 17. See everything is coming to a new level. Nothing is gonna stay the same. Everything's going to a new level. If God is going to a new level, then he wants each one of us to go to a new level. Hallelujah. In John chapter 17, I love reading this passage. It's Jesus praying to the Father and talking to the Father. And he's asking, telling the Father, basically he's giving the Father uh, an account. Father, this is what you gave me. This is what I've done with it. Okay. But now I also pray for those who will come after me. And so with that, Jesus was praying for us. All right? And the same glory that he walked in, he said, Father, I pray that you would give th- those that follow that same glory. That they would walk even as I have walked. And then verse number 17, this is what Jesus says. He says, he says to the Father, he says, As you sent me into the world... I have also sent them into the world, and for their sakes, I want you to notice this, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be uh, sanctified by the truth. We'll just stop for a moment and just look at those words that Jesus said. You know, when we talk about sanctification, it's usually about our behaviors, our attitudes, you know, setting ourselves apart, holy, righteous, you know, unto the Lord. But the way that Jesus used this word and the way that he was praying uh, for in, 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 in going before the Father, he said he said, "Father, um, for their sakes, for the world's sake, I sanctify myself. I wonder if any of us have ever prayed that prayer for the world's sake, for their sake, out there. I sanctify myself. Lord, I set myself apart. I set myself apart. I put aside my plans, my agendas, my routines, my schedules for one purpose, and that's to reach the lost. Can you imagine that if the church today, one person, two people, three, four, five, six, seven, if we started to Set ourselves apart for the world, to reach the lost. In fact, I read a a, a study not too long ago about a, a st- statistician. A statistician, he had done statistics on every generation that had lived since Jesus' time. And he, and he came to the conclusion that every generation that was on the earth at the time had the ability to fulfill the Great Commission with the people that were on the earth at the time. Each generation had the ability, had the ability, okay, to reach the people that were on the earth at that time. But he said, but this generation that's living now in the earth has a thirty percent better chance of reaching the world, of fulfilling the gospel, okay, the Great Commission, all right, and, and because with the technology, uh, with, with everything that has been given to us, the, the, the know-how, the ability, okay, uh, things that are at our disposal, we have more resources, more things available, even though there's more people on the planet, we have the ability to uh, fulfill the Great Commission. You know, wouldn't it be great if in a couple years, like, all of us could just stand before Jesus and we say, Jesus, we did it. We did it. We, we fulfilled the assignment. We were the generation that reached the world and brought in the greatest harvests of all time. I don't know if that excites you, but it definitely excites me. Because in the world that I'm in, yes, I'm traveling in the States. The world I'm in, the Muslim world, I'm looking at 22 Muslim countries. We're meeting with leaders. We're planning churches. We're starting Bible schools. Okay, and the promise in the Word of God is that in the last days that Muslims are coming to come in like a mighty cloud and people will turn and say, where in the world did this cloud come from? But you know, each one of us can use our faith for each day. The Lord several years ago said to me, he said, you know what, Brian, I want you to start using your faith for divine appointments. Because every day we come in contact with people, right? On our workplace, Walmart, grocery store, okay, wherever we go, right? Use your faith for divine appointments. And you know, I found myself at times where I'd I'd run into someone at the store, I'd have a conversation with somebody. And then I walk away. And then I thought. Oh, oh man. I, had, I should have shared something with them about Jesus. I should have encouraged them. I should have actually prayed for them. How many all know what I'm talking about? We've all missed opportunities before. Okay. And the Lord said. Listen. I want you to be spot on. I, w- I, want, you to, I want you to believe me. For divine oppor- opportunities. Divine appointments. I'm like okay. So I said, well, Lord, help me with this. He said, okay. So whenever you even say hello to someone, <laughs> join yourself to that conversation. See where it goes. Like, okay. All right. So you know what? I found myself just saying, hello, hey, how you doing? Man, you're looking good today. All right. And seeing where that conversation went. I know, I know uh, see, my wife, she's She's good at this she's a soul winner right she She remembers what it was like to live in the world uh, we were We were traveling uh, the other day, and we were in the car, and she said, "Stop stop stop okay and I'm, and and she literally opened the car door before while the car was going I'm like, "Woman, what are you doing uh, she said S- well i said stop and i'm like yeah i'm I'm trying to put on the brakes, okay." And so before I even came to a, a, a stop, all right, she jumped out the car. She ran across this big parking lot. Okay, I'm like, where is she going? What is she doing? And there's this little mini mart, this little tiny mini mart, okay? And, and I look, and I, of course, I'm, I'm driving the car. I got I to gotta turn it around, and I got to go all the way across the parking lot. And I'm gonna, like, what, in the, what is my wife doing? Well, she spotted four, four guys, four motorcycles. They were getting ready to go into the Walmart or the little mini-mart, I mean, and, and they'd f- f- filling up with gas their motorcycles. But before they could go in, she came up on them and said, Hey! Hey! Of course, that got their attention. And so she starts talking to them about Jesus. Do, do, do you know that Jesus loves you? Do you know that Jesus died on the cross for you? For they're going. Well, the one guy who's holding the door, he, he shuts the door and he says, Ma'am, Ma'am, you have no idea what, 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 what has been going on in my life. And she says, well, what has been going on in your life? And so he goes, Ma'am, he said, you're telling me about Jesus. And he, he, he starts to unbutton his shirt. And when he does, there's a scar from, the top, from his belly button all the way up here. He said, ma'am, I was in a motorcycle accident three weeks ago. I died three times. And they were able to bring me back. He said, when I died, Jesus appeared to me. And said... I am the way, the truth, and the life. I died to give you everlasting life, and life more by the way. And Jesus said, and very soon, all right, I'm going to send someone to tell you about myself. He said, do you, do you know that I was just released from the hospital like 30 minutes ago? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We had another time where um, I took my kids. Even though they're older, we we had like a family day where we went to an animal safari, and uh, it was a drive-through. Okay, so you go in the car and you know, and you feed the animals through your window. Of course, the the giraffes and all the they want to stick their neck right right in your lap. Okay, and and lick you know. So it gets it gets kind of messy, right? You got it. But it was so fun. We were laughing our heads off because it's so funny to see, you know, a buffalo try to stick his head in the door or whatever, you know. And we just were having a good family time. So we stopped halfway at this gift shop. And so I'm, 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 I'm remembering all this, all right, you know. Um, if, if you have a conversation with somebody, jo- join. Join that conversation see where it goes. So this guy in the gift shop said, hey, and I said, hey, how you doing? You're looking good today. You know, hey. And, and so he goes, yeah, you have a nice day. So he, I'm like, okay, well. He, so he walked out and then about 15 minutes later, uh, we're, we're sitting over at another place. We're having some ice cream as a family. Well, he, he, he circles back. And I said, oh, here's this guy circling back. Got my antenna up. All right. And I said, Hey. I saw you in the gift shop, he goes, hey, I, I, yep, that's right, he says, hey, is this your family, I said, yeah, this is my family, these are my three girls, my son, he goes, wow, what a beautiful family, all right, and we talked for a few minutes, he goes, man, it's a beautiful day, you know, y'all having fun, oh, yeah, we're having fun, and then he says this, um, can I, can I give them a word, <laughs> well, all of a sudden, the switch was made, like, he's speaking Christianese, like who says can i give them a word (laughs) it must be a prophetic word right and so i said sure so he says well who's the oldest so i said here's madeline okay so he says madeline i have a word for you and he starts reading her mail i'm telling you what and he kept he kept going and he kept going and she's like oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, well then tears start to flow, and then she's like, oh God, you know, and then so she steps over here to the side, and she's having this moment with God, you know, and then he says, so who's the second one, the second one comes, and then he reads her mail, and then she starts crying, and then she's coming over here, and she's having this moment with God, and then my third daughter says, okay, give me all you got. And he gave her the exact scripture verse that the Lord gave her for that year. And she's like, oh my God. Like, Okay, so now I have three daughters that are in puddles. (laughs) My son said, okay, you, you got me, you got me. And he gave a word to my son and read his mail and he was blessed. And I realized in that moment, you know, that stranger, that conversation, joining that conversation, did more for my kids than I could have done as a parent. Because a stranger spoke the word of God, a stranger spoke a rhema word into their life, a personal word, that impacted them so significantly that they, we walked away saying, wow. Wow, did we have a good day today. I wonder how many conversations we miss. How many opportunities we miss. And that's why I feel led this morning to encourage us. To start using your faith for divine appointments. Believe to be at the right place at the right time. Believe for God to lead you to the harvest. And for the harvest to come to you. How many know it's harvest time? And God needs all of us, all right, to be part of the harvest. You know, for the some of us older folks, we've got to stir ourselves up. It's not enough just to remember back when we had zeal, we had passion. We gotta we got to stir ourselves up to get back to that same place where we're even more passionate today than we've ever been before I believe that God is giving the church a window of time you know we see a lot of trouble a lot of things happening but it's going to present a church, a window to reach this harvest. And with that window, I truly believe that God is going to restore, He's going to redeem, He's going to make way. Some of us, maybe our older generation, we feel like we've been put on the shelf. Maybe we've had some sickness or some things that have cropped up. I believe during this time that God's going to not only give us the opportunity for soul winning, but He's going to restore our bodies. He's going to restore some strength, some mobility, come on now, healing, wholeness, soundness. In other words, we're we're going to be able to enjoy this season. We're going to be able to enjoy this revival. So so many of us have prayed into it. We've longed to see it. I believe that people are already ready for revival. But they're waiting for someone to lead. They're waiting for someone to show them the way. And that's why we need the younger generation, just their passion, their hunger, their simplicity, come on, their purity, to go after God. But we need the older, we need all of us to to not sit back and watch, but to join the ranks. Because we're the ones that carry the baton. Faith for souls. Faith for divine appointments. So what I've learned is that, hey, start a conversation and join yourself to that. You'll be amazed about how many Holy Ghost setups that you'll begin to have. And there are people that only you can reach that I can't reach and vice versa. So this morning, I want to extend an invitation. For those of you that are here that say, you know what, I don't want to miss this season. Bible says, while the days are evil, redeem the time. In other words, I want to make the best use of the time that I have. Us older folks, you know what I'm talking about. We're already looking at the clock. We're already looking at the clock. Say, How many, how many good years do we have left? And we realize realizing, you know what? I don't want to miss anything that God has. I want to be at the forefront. I want to be in the middle of what God is doing and what God is saying. How I many you don't know what I'm saying? And so if you're here this morning, you say, you know what? That's me. That's me. You're 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 reading my mail this morning. I don't want to miss out on anything. I want to I want to be part of leading. I want to be part of showing. I, I wanna I want to help this this younger generation. Move forward into this great revival. This great move of God. With healings, with miracles, signs and wonders, new moves that we've never seen before. Isn't that exciting? All right? New things that we've never seen. And I want to be more fruitful in my latter years than I've ever been in my former. If that's you, I want you to stand on your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you be willing to do one more thing? Would you be willing just to step out and just just come up front? Just, I know we can't all be up here but just as a as a sign, just as a way, as a response. Say, "Hey, I'm serious about this. I mean it from my heart." I really want to see God move. I really want to be used by God. I want to be more fruitful than ever before. In this season, I I need the strength. I need the I need the, the energy, I need the vitality, I need the time, I need the resources, I need, I need everything. And so today, Lord, we believe in you that we'll have all that and more so that we can run the race that God's called us to run and enjoy this harvest. I would truly believe that we're at the best season. Alright, the best days are ahead. Hallelujah. So let's all lift up our hands. Let's thank the Lord this morning. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for carrying us. We can look back in previous years, how you carried us, how you brought us out, how you are so faithful. And Lord, your word says that you're faithful to every single generation. And Lord, today we're saying, devil, you cannot have our young people. All these horrible, evil agendas. We say, no, Satan, you will not have our children. You cannot have our children. You cannot have our nation. Our nation belongs to Jesus Christ. And our nation will once again be one nation under God. Hallelujah. So we're making a stand this morning. We're making a stand for righteousness we're making a stand for our nation we're making a stand for revival for our our young people as well as for our older folks and we're making a determination we're going to run the race we're going to fulfill our course we're going to be more productive more fruitful than ever before in the mighty name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah so repeat this prayer after me say heavenly father thank you for this season You've saved the best for last. you put me into the kingdom for such a time as this. So Lord, just like Jesus did, for the sake of the world, I sanctify myself for others. So Lord, help me with my time commitments My schedules help me prioritize what's important. Help me be at the right place at the right time. Lead the harvest to me and lead me to the harvest. Lord, today I ask you to bring about divine opportunities for me to encourage to pray to witness to lead others to Jesus Christ Lord I want to be more fruitful more productive in this season than I have in previous so Lord empower me enable me give me strength resources, the ability, the know-how to accomplish this, to fulfill the great commission for this generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Well, find a couple of people, give them a big high five in Jesus' name.